So this week, we're going to take a second look at the prophet Gideon. And why not? Gideon seems to have ignored his father Jehoash's request to let the gods just sort it out themselves. It begs the question, just how dependent should, we, should you be on God? How, just how dependent? Humanity is fickle and inconstant when it comes to our beliefs and our faith. Ancient scripture accounts speak of Gideon's army inter being reduced to a ridiculous number in order that Jehovah's intervention on behalf of Israel would be the more striking and all the glory his. So, who do you rely on? Our natural instinct is to depend upon ourselves for survival. If you depend on God for deliverance from oppression and strife, to what degree do you depend? Perhaps it's time to reframe your dependence on God and become an agent of change that you're meant to be. Today's first scripture is from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And today's second scripture is from Judges 7, 1 to 8. Early in the morning, Gideon and all of his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I'll thin them out for you. If I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, Separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. Three hundred of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Let us pray. O oh God, I am nothing. Please take pity on me and give me an A on this upcoming test. Give me a new car and success at my new job. And tomorrow, please give me renewed health and money to pay my rent.
God, I want you to do my thinking for me. Please keep telling me what to do so that I don't have to worry about it then. You take the will, you drive, I'll ride shotgun. Give me strength, mercy, wisdom, and patience. And then someday, please let me into heaven and let me sit on your lap and let me be forever dependent on the things that you will give to me while I'm up there. Amen. Now, if you are a regular member of Church of the Beatitudes, you'll realize that that prayer is somewhat cynical. But that prayer actually captures the essence for the majority of Christians, both past and present, as far as how they see God. I could just go back 25 years, and that prayer is something I would have prayed. There was this sense of total dependence on God, that God would take care of all my needs, that it would be God who would direct me. I remember one time reading a book about prayer and how that everything we do, we should pray to God, and God will give us that. I needed new tires for our car, so I made it a matter of prayer. I found new tires at a reasonable price. And in my mind, that reassured me that it was important to depend on God for everything. As a minister, we were told that God had called us. So it would only make sense that to rely on God, to depend on God, for not only my physical needs and my spiritual needs, my emotional needs, everything I would depend on God for. And especially texts like we had read for us this morning from Judges, they reiterated that. They emphasized the importance of depending on God. In Judges chapter 7, verse 2, again it says, And Yahweh said to Gideon, The troops that are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. Basically, God says, you see the 22,000 people you got with you? That's too many. Now, if I was Gideon, I would have asked God one question. What? Followed up by the second question, why? And here's the answer. Because God says, if they have that many people, they will boast saying, my hand delivered me, not yours. Now, it's interesting that in the original language, the word for hand can be literally one's hand, but it can also be used figuratively as a form of strength and power and ability. So often you'll hear that individuals talk about wanting to sit at the right hand of God. Because it was the right hand, the dominant hand, that was seen as a, as a figurative sense of holding power and strength. So what God is saying, look, Gideon, if you take those 22,000 men and you go fight the Midianites, the people are going to get a big head. And they're going to think they are the ones who delivered themselves from the Midians. It was their strength, their power, their ability that gave them this victory. So we're going to have to wean that down. And the story tells us 
that they went from 22,000 to 300. And God uses just 300 people to do a miraculous feat, to give them victory over an entire army. But this is where it gets interesting. They believed that God was the warrior. The ancients, the ancient Hebrews believed that it was God who would go into battle for them and that any success was from God. So it taught them that they had to be totally dependent on God for everything. So these stories became wonderful ways of teaching people to depend on God and not on themselves. This image, this picture of God, continued. And we can still see it today. There are individuals who believe that it is God who will give us victory if we are totally dependent upon God. Listen to the text again from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So not only are you to trust on God for your physical needs, but you are to trust on God for even for what you think, for what you feel. It goes on and it says, in all your ways acknowledge God and the Lord will make your paths straight. So I did a search on the internet and I discovered that there was a sermon preached by a minister and he entitled it on this passage, Weak is the New Strong. And the premise of that sermon is quite simple. The more that you admit that you are weak, that you are inadequate, and the more you're willing to depend on God, then you will have success. But if you rely on yourself, your own abilities, well, God can't help you. Why? Because God wants the glory. It's God who wants to stand at the end of the battle and go, me. And God doesn't want us to be that. God wants the glory. And so we are to be completely dependent upon God. You see, we may not have the battles that they did back then, the literal physical battles that they fought, where they believed God was a warrior for them, but we still, let's just be honest, we still see this idea that God will fight for us. That we're, if we're facing a real difficulty in life, that we're supposed to give it to God. Some of you may remember the old hymn, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. So all your plans, all your ambitions, all your dreams, give them to God. And if we're honest with each other, that actually makes us feel good inside. Sometimes I wonder if we are like children. 
Yes, we have adult bodies, but I think there's a part of us that still miss not having a mom and dad. That when things get tough, someone will take care of us. When things are beyond our control, when things leave us feeling a little bit scared, that we can turn to someone who will deliver us and give us a sense of assurance. And God fits in perfectly in that role. Rely on God. Give everything to God. But it's amazing to me that as good as that feels, it actually can have some negative consequences in our lives. Instead of become self-reliant, instead of growing and maturing in our own skills and abilities, we actually find that it diminishes that. We learn not to trust ourselves. Why do you need to be empowered? Someone else has all the power. But what I find especially interesting here in America is that there is this tension that exists. Many individuals will tell you that one of the problems in America is that we are a welfare state. And that there are individuals who rely upon the government for all their needs. And more and more states are looking at making cuts so that people will end up becoming free from that. The founder of our modern welfare state, Franklin Roosevelt, in 1935, even said this, Continued dependence upon relief induces, you ready for this? A spiritual and moral disintegration fundamentally destructive to the national fiber. To dole out relief in this way is to administer a narcotic, a subtle destroyer of the human spirit. And this idea is still prevalent. There are individuals that are discouraging us from offering welfare help over a long period of time. Just in my lifetime, I've watched this roller coaster where the president will come in and he'll emphasize it and then decrease it, emphasize it, decrease it. But if you really stop and think about it, what, the gov what we don't want the government to do, and that is give people long-term welfare help, we give it to God. And if we're saying that it hurts people to give them assistance, but yet at the same time we're telling people that they need to rely on God for everything they need. So we replace the government with God. And we tell people that they have to diminish who they are, their abilities, their strength, and give all the glory to God. I remember as a student minister, 
they would send us out to these different churches. I felt sorry for those churches because we, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just learning how to preach. Sermons weren't too good. And I remember I would stand at the door and as people would walk out, occasionally someone would stop and say, nice job. And I had learned the appropriate response. Thank God. I'd shake their hand, smile, thank God. Because just to say thank you would have been me taking the glory. The only reason I could preach was because God had given me that skill, that ability. But I wonder what happens is as we continue to rely and be told that we have to rely on something outside of ourselves, that we're setting ourselves up for not becoming what we were really meant to be from not growing. Now, there are those individuals who find a great deal of comfort in that, and I can't tell them that they're wrong, because they might be right. But what I can tell you, and what I can share with you, is my idea. I am thankful for my life. And I am thankful for the family that I grew up in. And I am thankful for the opportunities that I was given to enhance my life. And I worked hard to make those things happen. Now, this may sound a little odd to you, but I'm not sure how much God was involved in that. I don't have proof. There was a time when I would see God involved in all of my life. But the problem began to arise as I began to realize that if God was involved in all of my life, then what about people who had things happen in their lives that were terrible and hurtful and destructive? Was that God? Was God a part of that? Why didn't God step in there for them? So I've kind of been able to think back and realize that, that if I believe that God was involved in all of life, then I have to take this story and believe that God literally wanted them to go in and commit genocide in the Old Testament to go in and just wipe out a whole group of people simply because that's what God wanted. So instead, I've taken the position of more of wait and watch. I'm not sure when it is or isn't God. And if someone comes and talks to me and says, I believe God did this in my life, I am not going to look at them and say, no, you're wrong. That wasn't God. I will respect their opinion. I will respect their view. But for me personally, 
I'm going to do everything within my power to be self-dependent, to be self-motivated, to be self-responsible. And if God somehow is involved in this, I'm not going to complain. The reason I wore this jersey today was to make a point. This afternoon, players on the Rams team are going to put on this uniform. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Arnold, a defensive lineman, Someone help me. Donald, yes. These are the predominant players on the Rams. Now, each one of them has worked a lifetime to get where they are. And during the off-season, they hone and develop their skills. They have to do that individually. But this afternoon, they're not going to play just as individuals anymore. They're going to play as a team. And as hard as they worked individually, they are going to be dependent upon all those 11 other players that are out on the field with them. And all those players on the roster that are out on the sidelines, if they're going to be successful, not only do they have to develop individually, but they have to come together collectively and play as a team. Maybe one of the lessons we are to learn is that as human beings, we have a responsibility to develop our gifts, our skills, to the best of our ability, to become the best that we can be, and then realize how dependent we are upon other people, that we are a part of a greater team of humanity, that we need each other. Maybe that is the moment when we realize our independence and yet dependence upon all of humanity that we ultimately experience the divine. Maybe it is the divine that teaches us to become the best that we can be and yet realize we still need other people. I'm not certain. But I do know that to take this story literally, I've got problems there. This image of God who wants all the glory, look at me. A God who's willing to destroy people because they're not right, they're not the correct ethnicity. 
a God who doesn't want me to trust myself, rely on myself. Personally, I struggle with that. But I do find appealing the image of a God who is the giver of life. And just like in nature, all of life is to grow and to flourish. So are we as human beings. But we need each other. We are dependent upon each other. So may today and this coming week, we find the strength to continue to grow as individuals. And at the same time, find ways to truly appreciate our fellow human being and nature that surrounds us. And in doing so, maybe that is ultimately how we give glory to our God. Amen.